Welcome, guys, to the first episode of No Fucking ZD for 2016. B. <laughs> and also the last episode of No Fucking ZD. B. <laughs> uh, welcome, Evan. Welcome, myself, Brendan. Welcome, the listeners. Uh, this ha- is No ha- Fucking ZD. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Um, we've been sitting here in silence since the last episode ended, and now the lights have turned on and the mics are on, so we're ready to go. <laughs> and that's how we knew we were supposed to talk. <laughs> um, we're here to talk about Big Girls Don't Cry today, Sopranos Season 2, Ep 5, S2EO. So we got a lot of Chrissy this episode. Yeah. A lot of Chrissy, little Tony, little Melfi. Go. All right. So even littler Junior and Bobby. (laughs) A very little amount of Junior and Bobby. Very funny. Two very funny scenes with them in it. That's actually what we'll be focusing on today. (laughs) So when Carmela slams the door in Junior's face, uh, what what were you thinking in that moment? Well, actually, you know, a lot of things. (laughs) Right. Um... Yeah, very a very uh, heavy Chris episode. Uh, not big on plot this episode, but very big on Christopher, and very it's a moving setting up the pieces kind of episode for yeah, sure. We're gonna have a lot of trouble getting through this podcast. I yeah, <laughs> runtime total runtime eleven minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's say. How long is the episode? Is that is it actually a short episode? They're all kind of shorter. Like they're all around hovering around like fifty minutes. Which which are you talking about our show or or the the Sopranos? Is our show's better? <laughs> is this the no fucking ZD podcast? Yes. Um, I was thinking. Um, the Sopranos. Yeah, they all seem to kind of hover around like 50, which I feel like later on they start going even like over an hour a couple times. They're like at 101 sometimes. Shit, yeah. Yeah, exciting stuff. <laughs> um, all right, so this episode is, yes, it's about Christopher. He's in an acting class, acting class for writers. He's trying to follow his dream there a little bit. And I just love it because now, you know, at the very beginning we have Adriana, uh, you know, she's with him. It's a great first line, you know, if, if, yeah. if, if you, you know, they won't refund my money if you don't show up. Yeah. Um, your first session and you know i hear session and i go oh shit yeah what's going on with chrissy is he in he is he in therapy and he's not he's in an acting class oh see i didn't even think about that but i guess they do kind of tease that a little bit like what's he i guess yeah i, I mean i don't know that maybe i'm nitpicking here right it's the the <laughs> It makes sense. This is the Type A Sopranos podcast. Right. Um, it makes sense, though. He could be in therapy. He could be in rehab of some kind. I mean, yeah. yeah. You know, he's he's been up in the drugs a little bit this season. Uh, oh, and, yeah, big time. In general, in life. Yeah. And so we find out, well, he has to go visit our pals. Right. Um, right. At the at the massage parlor. Yeah. We should also, of course, there's Furio in this episode, too, but we'll, we'll get to that, I guess. Oh, yeah. But this absolutely. is his first big episode, too. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm so excited for Furio. Yeah, yeah, his hair looks fantastic right off the bat. I feel like once he's in place, like the show really comes into its own. It's, <laughs> Whoa, is that the first time we've said that this season? It might be. I don't think so. Yeah, maybe not. Twitter, tell us. Yeah, someone tweet is it, at us. I don't think it is. Email I'm, Evan personally. His actual email address <laughs> is Evan Evan at nfz dot com yeah. slash go fuck yourself. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so so Christopher goes to this talent this talent show. What am I saying? This uh, massage <laughs> this, parlor. Yeah, this massage parlor. Um, we'll get a little more into that later, of course, uh, when Furio has a great spotlight scene there. Uh, it's actually kind of an incredible scene. Yeah, it's certainly the most violent, probably the most violent Soprano scene like yet. I yeah. guess, right? Yeah, I mean, totally. there's been murders, but this is like insanity a little bit. There's no telling these Italians. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so Christopher in class. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, that's, I guess that's really well the highlight here. I feel like someone had some fun with that. Yeah, I mean, for this sure. is one of those. This is one of those setups where these people have to res- represent someone in someone's life. What, what do you mean, the other uh, the oh. a- the acting class folks? Like represent someone in the writers, someone in the writer's life from the right, Sopranos, exactly. probably. Yeah, um, yeah, I would imagine for sure. I mean, I know that's kind of a Matt Weiner thing, like with Peggy and being like, "You're good, get better, yeah. stop asking for things." Right. You know, it's like here's a message to all my other writers. Right, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but, um, but I just feel like acting for writers, it might be like a great situation where the writers get to make fun of actors <laughs> oh 100 percent. yeah <laughs> and i love the teacher who as when 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 chrissy comes in she says she says your first job is to act like a writer who is on time <laughs> or act like an actor who's on time i can't remember yeah i i really love that acting class it's great yeah and it is like so stereotypical and uh and uh yeah i'm sure the writers are getting all kinds of demons out there and just making fun of all these people who, who probably weren't as, as successful as they were yeah exactly people who didn't end up writing for the sopranos basically See, i didn't take an acting for writers class yeah. at community college exactly. fuck you guys um <laughs> I, I like the little cameo by uh our pal from office space yeah totally forgot about that yeah it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a i love it when he says that's it that's the whole thing <laughs> she has to tell him to say scene (laughs) (laughs) 
I like I like the when he drops the oranges. I think that's pretty funny. I like that everyone laughs at uh, Christopher's little joke there, and and you know Christopher's actually like pretty good. Like he's paying attention to these weird little things. He's really good, but it makes him vulnerable in all these ways that are like very infuriating to him. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. Did, did you ever take a drama class in high school or something like that? No, I was like, I, I was in a, a, I was in a play, but I was like a background character that like was the only thing I was supposed to do was like walk back and forth in the background. Um. But of course, like me and my friends, like we were all in it, and we'd all decided to make our own little story in the background. So like, I walked by once with like my friend Jimmy, and then walked by the next time with my friend Alex, and like the third time, like I got caught by Alex with Jimmy, and like you know we made our own little play in the background of this play. That's pretty and realistic. It was pretty yeah, very very realistic. But then when I got <laughs> off stage, like and went backstage, the the director quote unquote who's really just like one of the teachers at the school grabbed me by the collar no joke and was like if you ever fucking do that on my stage again I'll like I'll kill you or like you'll never step foot on my stage again or something you, you won't go to heaven yeah he was like grab yeah it's an all boys catholic school too um, <laughs> how do you do a play with all boys like that I, mean, I think we like I think we shipped in some girls from like <laughs> I don't know from somewhere <laughs> I don't remember but there's definitely girls in it because there was a love interest of some kind so definitely yeah, I, don't, I don't remember that's funny I mean like there I guess there are no small parts and that's that was my thinking <laughs> did you tell him that <laughs> uh i don't remember what i told him but Bro, uh, we got in no trouble small for it. parts but we got like a huge like a huge laugh out of it it wasn't like the most important scene oh they laughed oh the, the audience, audience saw, paid attention to us and laughed more at us than they did to the actual scene because it was oh, like i was shit. holding one of their hands and then got caught holding the other one's hands or something like that and so oh. we did like this whole jokey thing in the background oh that's awesome yeah but then the teacher grabbed me by the collar <laughs> and said that like you'll never step foot on my stage again i was like all right man i got out of drama in high school by playing guitar in the pit orchestra but i did improv and i really? hated it yeah i hated improv i got kind of i got into it because there was a girl that i was after who was in it always the case and yeah. i had like this insanely good audition where i basically did an impression of the dad from my big fat greek wedding and like <laughs> no one noticed that like i hadn't made it up <laughs> and uh so uh yeah so i did that but i was like i was trying to be cool way too much yeah in in uh you know, in improv, so I wasn't like very good at it. Right, like what we're doing now with podcasting. Yeah, basically. exactly. Right. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> um, well, anyway, uh, Christopher does well. <laughs> Christopher does really well. I yeah, mean, like he, really, really he, well. He actually does kind of. I mean, he's illiterate, basically, but yeah, but he has kind of like a knack for acting. Yeah, yeah. It, it must have been fun recording the, these scenes, videotaping these scenes. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> it must have been fun uh, shooting these scenes because, like, you know, like Chrissy is like such a killer actor yeah and also when when uh adriana is rehearsing with him yeah, yeah. i feel they're both like they're both like as good as it gets yeah acting wise you know like um, michael imperioli and like, Dre, yeah, yeah, Dre Mike, Mattia, yeah. My, michael imperioli and Dre dimatteo yeah and uh Dre, if you need somewhere to stay <laughs> we're still i don't know if you got your place back um <laughs> but uh basically like they're so good it must have been a lot of fun shooting those scenes like i i, I always thought it must be difficult to act like a bad actor yeah it must be yeah like the way that he was reading that that uh jimmy dean scene yeah like was really <laughs> funny to me where he's like that's word for someone who low rates himself <laughs> is that even the script like i don't remember rebel without a cause it's been a long time since i've seen that i've actually. never seen rebel without a I cause i mean it's good like you you'll, you'll watch it and just realize like every comedy you've ever seen is parodied and you'll, you'll feel like you've seen it because you've seen so many parodies of it oh, without right, even realizing right, right. like i was actually amazed at how many came from just that one movie when i saw it i kind of figured it was like yeah, it was just crazy that so many cliches came from this one movie, but, uh, you know, it ends at Griffith Observatory. <laughs> this is a big, uh... Oh, it does? Yeah. I, if I'm thinking the right one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Rebel Without a Cause ends, ends up there, yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, so, that's fun. They shot it up there, for reals. I'm, I'm pretty sure. There's a plaque up there now. Um, Sick. Does anyone... Do you want to hear more about my L.A. vacation? <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm sure everyone else does, too. Yes. Um, so, the acting class is going well. Um, should we talk about how... Well, I, I mean, l let's follow through on this. I mean, I think yeah. that basically, like, you know, Chrissy gets assigned these scenes. He's having trouble with them because, like, they're annoying. He, I, I love that he wants to act out the scene where they're playing chicken. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, there's no dialogue. <laughs> so they get the scene where he's got his dad or something in the scene. Yeah. And someone gets shot. Yeah. That's just what I'm putting together. From, yeah, I, I don't remember, but the, the dad shoots someone. <laughs> the dad shoots someone. I think it's the dad who shoots some, but... Oh, maybe not. Maybe the dad gets shot. I guess. I don't know. He's got the bullets, though. I got the bullets! It's, like, such a weird... 
weird scene because they're all just yelling. Yeah, basically. And I I don't know the scene well. It's like it's like I think it's a really well executed scene in The Sopranos. Yeah, that they have this kind of you know bush league production of rebel yeah. without a cause going like with this guy who's like on the sales team down at chick hauser <laughs> Porsche Audi, you know yeah exactly like, the other actors are so ridiculous the guy that chris eventually punches is is great the way he like runs into that rebel without a cause scene and then like kind of doesn't face anybody it's just I know. like it's so awkward and weird but i know uh, and he's like watching chris the whole time he's like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> what a good actor he yeah. is but chris is like crying and then and then he storms out i think that might be one of the that's not the first time, but that's like one of my favorite uh, sightings of the Chrissy walk. The, with like his arms kind of like <laughs> yeah, flailing the at super his side. flailing yeah, like yeah, yeah. power walk that he does. Yeah, yeah. He does it He does it right after uh, he shoots uh, the, the cannoli guy in the yep. foot last season where he walks into the bing and he does that walk and he slams the cannolis down. The Shoya Dell. The Shoya Dell. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, that walkout scene is great, and then of course the the scene where he does eventually punch the guy. It was so. It's like that just comic gold right there. Oh, like, I know. Every time I watch it, it makes me laugh. It's right up there with. <laughs> it's right up there with at Chrissy's intervention where everyone starts fighting. Yeah. Eventually, in like season five or six or whatever. Yeah. It's just so sudden, though. It's <laughs> like, really sudden. Like, like, I didn't hey. expect it, but I love when they cut in there and the two people are doing the A and B, and yeah. they're just like. It's it's funny because they're like A, B. <laughs> it reminds me of the noise sketch from uh, Key and Peele. If you've seen that, no, if I haven't you haven't, seen that. just just YouTube it from like a couple seasons ago. Um, but so of course, Chris is having issues with it because it is bringing up all these feelings of his father. Adriana's right on the money, of course. She's right on the money. But I also was thinking maybe it is bringing up feelings about Tony as well. Uh, yeah, I'm sure a little bit there too. It's like, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, and and also just uh, reminding him that you know this is probably a dream that's like never really gonna come true. You know, it's uh underneath it all. I mean, at the end of the episode, we see him throw all the stuff out because he just I think maybe sort of feels like that. But but. You know, we've been talking so much about people not being able to change, and this is Christopher's example here. You know, he'd well, love he, to get out, but he doesn't even really get threatened by Tony in this episode. Like Tony doesn't really catch wind of any of it. This is no. all happening kind of parallel, right, to what's going on with Tony and right. his rage. But that will come up uh, in a couple episodes. Yeah, it will. Yeah. But like Chrissy throws all the shit out without any, like you know, because like in, in prior seasons, you know, like when it, I think it's the first episode when yeah. Tony finds out about Chrissy's screenplay, he's all pissed. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Um, and they have that chat, right? A little chat. And by the way, is this the first time we've seen the title for Christopher's screenplay? Because it's called "You Bark, I Bite," <laughs> and it's yeah, kind of amazing. I think it is, and that's the fucking that's the title of this episode of the podcast. I think. I think it has to be a um, question. Yeah, I. Uh, uh, that's just it's. <laughs> <laughs> it's so perfect. It's you, ridiculous. I must be loyal to my capo. <laughs> Um, um, I like how Adriana's like way more literate than him. Yeah, and she is. She's right. Like again, she's totally right about the father issues. And you're you're right too. I think about the Tony thing as well. Yeah, I think it's like what his father represents. Like his dad was an addict, and he knows that subconsciously at this point in his life. I'm sure. Yeah. And yeah, maybe he doesn't want to. Yeah, know that, his, but, yeah. his dad's life was kind of not good, and no, he's like yeah. following in his footsteps. Yep. And Chrissy's life is going to turn out not great. Yeah, and we'll find out later that's kind of murky, like, the details of his dad's death as well. Like, I think Christopher sometimes likes to think that his dad died this, like, honorable mafia death, but it doesn't sound like that. Are you inferring that he wasn't carrying a TV tray for me to watch <laughs> no TV? TV? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Christopher. I mean, it, I think that, if anything, this this is I think that Michael Imperioli was like do an episode like this where he could really flex as an actor. I mean he's yeah. he's been amazing. Like, yeah, he's yeah, been yeah. so good. He's very like, good in this the one. The cowboy yeah. episode the cowboy itis episode yeah. was the one that ends with the, with cake, you know. Yep. Is like amazing. But every season or two he gets one of these episodes that's just like kind of a magnum opus and like yeah. this particular episode is one um, the one where he finds out about his about his dad. Yeah. I guess it's like the season f- five or four opener. Yeah, season four. Yeah, season four opener. Yeah, where he where it ends with the the dollar bill. Yeah, the twenty dollar. That's bill. one of my favorite endings of the show for sh- by far. Yeah, exactly. If only it just ended there. Yeah, that should have been the series finale. <laughs> like just, <laughs> just zooming in on a dollar. Yeah, bill. on just Andrew Jackson's face. <laughs> Guys, let us know what you think. If you think the season the the whole. You know, series should have yeah. ended with Andrew Jackson. <laughs> we all know that the last couple seasons are bad. So when should it have ended? <laughs> Let's, we'll do a Twitter poll about that. I think that the Twitter poll is going to say it's going to be like should have ended, shouldn't end, 
quit doing the podcast. <laughs> the overwhelming majority. <laughs> yes, I think that'll definitely take the cake. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, but yeah, so he's got he's got some daddy issues for sure. For sure. And uh, it really kind of ties into the conversation that Tony and Hesh have, as well as I think the Tony the the Tony that the Tony that Melfi has. Uh, the conversation that Melfi and uh, Elliot Kupferberg has as well. Dr. Kupferberg seems like the only shrink worth his salt. Yeah. In this whole equation here. Yeah, for right now. Even Other than then, Hesh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for now, I guess it'll become kind of questionable later on. But um, but he's talking about, you know, with Melfi, um, these feelings of like going back to childhood and like what made you scared. And uh and then Hesh also brings up the the whole idea when Tony's talking about these anxieties that he feels. That, uh, you know, adults, even when they kind of go back to that that feeling of when they were a kid can like uh, and their parents were yelling or they they had that kind of going on that they would easily just go right back, slip right back into that fear mode, you know, like grown well, adults. That's true. I actually know. just had that kind of moment over, oh, over oh, Christmas. Really? Yeah, oh, God. Basically. <laughs> I mean, not not with like yelling and stuff or fear or anything like that. But like I was reflecting about how easy it is to kind of slip back into just like the, your your role as as a kid right like, yeah i was staying at my mom's house i was there for like two weeks because i was doing some workout west that's oh god <laughs> it was so long and like and like it would like i just i'm not used to that level of scrutiny of my everyday like yeah. routine and you existence. your own place now <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. But like it's like pulling out of the driveway i pull out going like this way and my mom's like I, where are you i don't know where you're going you know like <laughs> i'm just like i think i know where i've, I've driven here before you right know? Like, yeah um, yeah, you just slip right back into those. Having to coordinate laundry and shit like that. Yeah, oh, exactly. God, yeah. And like the first week I was like getting up early and like exercising and like doing normal stuff. And like I like to, you know, I fix shit around the house when I'm at my mom's place. Sure. But then by the second week I was like sleeping till noon and like, just, <laughs> just like going out every night. <laughs> I was playing video games all day. Yeah. Just driving to school for no reason. I wish. My mom, we finally got my mom an HD TV, but her cable box was so old it didn't have HD outputs. Oh, uh, what? So I had to go and like ask them for a new one and yeah. they like didn't know what to do with the old one. They were just like, what is this? This. Well, I'll put this in a museum and yeah, study. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you have Cox? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone in LA, they got Cox. I have one Cox. You have one Cox. Yeah. Uh, everyone out west, they love Cox. Um, They're all right. Yeah. They're probably better than anything we have in New York City. Well, <laughs> yeah, I have, I have Optimum. Yeah. Go Optimum. Yeah. I got... Uh, he whose the, name must not yeah, be mentioned. Yeah, I won't even say it, actually. They'll, like, take our podcast down. <laughs> uh, they're slowly taking over America, though, I'll tell you that. Um, Let's just say they, that it rhymes with Lime Corner. Yeah. <laughs> lime Corner Fables. That's what it rhymes lime with. Lime Corner Fables? Lime Corner Fables. Um, new band name. But, um, yeah, so so that that comes up a lot in this episode. This, uh, this uh, you know, it's, there's two things that come up. Seeking the thrill and trying to kind of, like, get away from your regular life and, like, yeah. where that thrill seeking kind of comes from and and hesh and i think even kupferberg a little bit cooperberg i don't know i'm gonna mess that up the entire I, i'm gonna go on a limb here and say it's kupferberg i think it's kupferberg too because you just said that and cool. i'm on the same limb um and uh <laughs> you're gonna break the limb that i'm on <laughs> well shit fine <laughs> all right cooperberg cooperberg um but uh they both kind of bring that up like when she's talking about the wizard of oz uh she's talking about hiding under her blanket with her sister and yeah for sure and uh you know at the same time though it's specifically like she's having these feelings about Tony, really, that like she's kind of afraid of Tony. Tony makes her feel like that again. And I think that acting sort of made Christopher feel that way again. Like that kind of came up again. Just these feelings of being a kid, these issues with your parents. Yeah. Oh, good and, point. Know. And yeah. And he was tamping down a lot of that probably because he's like fucking out whacking people. And yeah. Stuff. Or high or both or yeah or whatever well, either yeah. way he's been avoiding his feelings about things right you know exactly what I mean? which is you know another pretty common problem uh on this show is that people like because of their culture really don't talk about that and yeah. you kind of see why actually when tony goes to talk to hesh and hesh is like having a conversation by himself basically just about like nothing well and, he has he has tony with him for a minute yeah you know he's saying things he's like he's talking about how you know uh, you know, certain things can come back, and like he's talking about his father, you know, right. and things like that. And but then, like Hesh, kind of, you know, is being a normal dude and like thinks that they're just having a conversation, right? Yeah, you know. But like, I mean, I think that Hesh is 
well, he's providing what, well, obviously he's providing what Melfi is right. giving him right now because they're not having appointments. But like the thing is that he can speak with Hesh like much more directly about what's going on. Yeah. Because Hesh, is, Hesh isn't in the mafia because the mafia doesn't exist. But Hesh right. knows what's going on. And um, he's saying, you know, like, he's like, well, it's a tough job, you know, like yeah. I had a feeling, you know. And, yeah. Yeah, and I guess Hesh, in a way, like probably reminds Tony of his dad a little bit too, and so there's that, you know, for talking, sure. well, talking about fathers his dad. here. His dad never got that far though. No, I guess not. Yeah, which is interesting. But we do learn that his dad had panic attacks as well, which is kind of interesting, right? And I think Tony's like kind of excited about it, actually to to find out. It's not like as weird now to him, I guess. You know, hopefully, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we find out later that that AJ has panic attacks. Right. Yeah. Coming up pretty soon, I think. Yeah. yeah. But they don't find out for years. That's true. That's true. Um, so should we close the door on Chrissy? I mean, I guess, you know, we've we've covered quite a bit of it. Um, yeah, well, there's... Chrissy, so he decides to bag... Why does he decide to bag it with his theater stuff? It's Is it too painful? Is it yeah. never going to happen? I think it's too painful. You know, Adriana talks about what good writing is, is real feelings. Good acting is, like, real feelings. And ultimately, that's, like, just too difficult. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. Maybe yeah. what she said, he was like, fuck, this is all it's going to be, is me, like, tapping into myself. Yeah, well, and again, I mean, you know, that's the the, the uh, going back again and again like we'll probably say this every episode but the whole like people can't change or change is hard theme that's on the sopranos right you know like when christopher's practicing that scene with adriana and she starts kind of giggling and laughing at him a little bit yeah as soon as it gets difficult he goes right back to he just walks over to the table and does a line of, does a bump of coke like almost immediately you know oh, i know and also while they're rehearsing <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> he's like oh you said you weren't gonna laugh <laughs> you know <laughs> he's certainly not the first actor to do that but um yeah but you know like as soon as it gets even slightly difficult he just falls right back into his old habits and i think that right. in a in a small tiny little just a tiny little nutshell that's uh kind of this that theme is you know it's, it's just really hard and so when it when it gets hard people just immediately like regress into their old roles and right and you know not that's, I think that's why it's kind of like, oh my god, this is gonna stir up some feelings that I really just don't want to face, can't face, because big girls don't cry. You know what I mean? Like, right. Well, the other thing that I would add is the only other thing that I would add is that um, he's probably got a lot of mixed feelings about his dad. Yeah. You know, whether they're conscious or not at this point, but he's doing his best to idealize his dad by following the same route. Right. You yeah. know, by by becoming a mafioso and, and by rising through the ranks and doing everything he can and like sticking with Tony Soprano. Right. Yeah. But the thing is that like he probably has a lot of anger that like that's the best crack that he's gotten, you know, when he actually does have passions in life and stuff like that. Yeah. And so <clears throat> and so after, you know, the Porsche Audi dealer guy <laughs> makes him cry right. and uh you know and he he, he has the walkout you know, he does the scene with him. He probably, like, he was probably punching his dad in the face. Oh, for sure. Yeah. As opposed to just being like, ah, I feel too much. You know, because like when I first saw it, I was like, oh, he's just like freaked out by his feelings. But no, I think that guy got the punch in the face that like that uh, Dickie Maltesanti and like Tony Soprano probably deserve. Both, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. hundred percent. Yeah. No. Um hundred percent. If this mic was not on a stand, I'd drop it on the floor. <laughs> you can do that anyway. Just knock it over and then we'll take 10 minutes to set it back up again. <laughs> There'll be 10 minutes of us in the background. Check grunting. one. Check one. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's a really good. I think that's exactly what's going on there is that uh, that guy became his dad. And so you know, he's he deciding just, he's 100 percent into it by throwing that shit away. He's yeah. like, I'm abandoning those feelings. Well, he'll come back to it for like one more time, basically, and then be like, nope, this is the road I'm supposed to be on. And it's it, it's yeah, sad. Totally. It, it is sad because he does have at least some talent. I mean, you know, of course, we're seeing Christopher up against, yeah, like a bunch of like no name people. Like, who knows if he really tried. But hey, that other guy was in office space. That's okay. true. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he clearly could have done okay and clearly like really wanted to be there that first shot of him walking in like he kind of approaches the camera and it's like this really kind of soft shot and he's like has these big doe eyes and it's like you know it's that he talks about getting high in blockbuster you can kind of see that like he feels the same when he first walks <laughs> the in candy yeah. and carpet smell yeah. <laughs> oh, i remember that smell too <laughs> yeah i know i know i get high off of that oh god it's, it smells gross do you like new car smell because that's what i think of and i hate new car smell new car smell annoys me because like um you know, like my girlfriend's stepdad has a car that is garaged a lot because we live in New mm. York and he and it's so clean. It's like absurd and absurdly clean car. Yeah. And so like because he doesn't drive it all that often. And so you get in and like it's like acrid on the inside because it's so clean and new. Yeah. I don't like it. No, me neither. I'd much prefer what Pine Forest. Yeah. Pine Forest. Black, lemon. I love a lemon. Black ice. 
black eyes. <laughs> yeah, is that, a, is that a scent? <laughs> yeah, actually, come to think of it, that's probably not a very good name for a, like, I don't think that the Metallica guys would be very interested no, in a black but... ice like, <laughs> car freshener. <laughs> I can see them reaching for it, though, and be like, this is badass, and then not liking it at all. I'm like, wait a second. No, but, like, the... Cliff Burton died because they crashed on black ice. Oh, God. <laughs> that, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, Whoosh. Whoops. I think other than that, they'd probably like the scent. Okay. Well, I... This is no fucking ZD. Lars <laughs> <laughs> Ulrich, please don't sue us. Yeah, we aren't Napster. Um, and that joke just went over a lot of young kids' heads out there. Um, all right. Well, I think let's wrap it up for, for part one. We'll come back. We got a lot of uh, a lot of Tony to talk about, some Melfi to talk about, a little bit of Polly as well, actually. Polly's uh, moving up in the world. A little bit of Polly, a little bit of Furio. Uh, yes, that's true. And then, of course, we'll talk about that one other short scene with Junior and Bobby in it when they're on the television. And, and that's we got it. a lot of pussy to go over. <laughs> We do. Ever since our voyage of love began, your touch has thrilled me like the rush of the wind, and your heart has held me safe from a rolling sea. <laughs> Welcome back to No Fucking CD. Uh, S2E05, you bark, I bites. Brandon Evans, Sopranos. You bark, I bite. I must be loyal to my capo. <laughs> Uh, welcome back. Let's uh, let's get into some Melfi stuff. I guess you want to start with Melfi. So Melfi wants to sixty nine Tony. Right. That's basically. all she's talking about this whole episode. Is she's just dying like, to sixty nine. His mouth, my mouth. Right. All over. Switched a little bit uh, <laughs> at a sixty nine degree angle. Is that even sixty nine degrees? I guess no. It's I guess someone you, must have mathematically figured it out, right? No, it's because you look like the number. <laughs> Did you never realize that that's why? It's because you look like the number. Like there's a six and there's a nine. Oh like, sure, okay. A yeah. Six is an upside down nine. Did, did you never realize now, that? What are you doing in this position exactly? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, this yeah. is the sixty nine podcast, yes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Um, Melfi, yeah, she really wants a 69 Tony in this episode. To that uh, song. Actually, she mentions that. Right, yeah. The song we just heard? Yeah. 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 Actually, no, that song was, that's the song that's playing in the massage parlor when Christopher enters at the beginning. Oh, it is. And I really love it. That's it's awesome. Touch it. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, speaking of touch, very nice touch in that scene is the paintbrush up the nose, which we kind of glossed over, but when Christopher shoves the dude's paintbrush up his I nose. I know, so does he think that he's going to, like, shove the paintbrush all the way up and, like, give him a lobotomy or Maybe. something? Maybe. I mean, that's probably uncomfortable as fuck either way right i mean yeah i'd be yeah. a little freaked out yeah more than oh boy um so yeah so melfi melfi's having she's having these appointments right with with furby with furby that's good i like that we're gonna stick with that we with can agree with furby. elliot furby yeah okay. um she uh she's discussing the dream she had in last episode uh, right with the with the the music from the wizard of oz yes which uh i didn't write down the name of the song but i do like that furby knows exactly what it is the second she starts bringing it up he knows it by name which is pretty great um it's actually called optimistic voices is that true <laughs> yeah but oh he has the wrong name there then but no but he says oh they're in the poppy field uh okay okay I know the way he says it. It sounds like the title of a yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I just watched Wizard of Oz recently. Actually, I should have probably known that. Did you? Did you, did you crank it? I'll fire myself. <laughs> you take over. Just do the whole podcast or so. <laughs> okay. Um, this is the Jimi Hendrix podcast. <laughs> Are um, you experienced? Finally, nice. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Cutfi Furby knows the the song. He knows the song. Um, but more importantly, I, I guess the the big takeaway from that scene, you know, he he talks about why we like roller coasters, and he's trying to get at the idea that the reason Melfi likes being around Tony is because it's kind of scary, but you know, but she's safe. Yeah, to some extent, you know, she's observing it. Yeah. Um, and this uh, is kind of something that comes up actually a lot on the show as well, starting with Christopher talking about, you know, being bored with the regularness of of life all the way up to the episode called The Ride in season six. when Which is a very serious episode. Yeah, but I think even Melfi brings it up to Tony. She, she, I forget. It's been, I haven't watched that in a little while, but she brings it up to Tony, like, why do we like getting on roller coasters for like the thrill of it? You know, this kind of comes back up again. Um, oh, that's true. That's totally true. And then she says, "Why do sharks keep moving?" Yeah. And I think that the way that Furby talks to uh, to Melfi is like kind of patronizing, mm -hmm. because like, I mean, 
or maybe I, maybe I'm having a, a, a moment uh-oh, where I'm like uh-oh. lashing out, yeah. <laughs> but because Melfi freaks out basically, like when he says this, uh, says what says the roller coaster thing, yeah, and then he goes he goes and wasn't it because she had to go she had to lamb it basically, and then he goes he goes oh and wasn't that thrilling? It's mm-hmm. surprising that I mean it's I mean how quickly we forget that her life was totally torn apart by him, yeah, I and know. all this stuff, and now the dust is finally setting. The, the dust is setting. <laughs> um, the dust is finally settling. Right. And she's like kind of ready for more. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's she li- misses it. If I was her therapist, I'd be like, bro. Yeah. He, he tries. He certainly tries. Bro, you feeling this guy? <laughs> Probably. Uh, yeah. And she, I think, lies about having sexual. She says that she doesn't have sexual feelings for him. Yeah. Because she goes home and she like gets gets all like crazy on red wine probably a whole half glass right yeah 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 yeah. true <laughs> and then she decides to call him you know right yeah and they just start up their relationship it's just kick-started right uh, well, yeah exactly right pretty much right away um and what's of course funny is that like the very first session he's talking about like that gruesome beating that furio had to lay and it, so she got exactly what she wanted and too much of what she wanted actually she kind of said she was like, "Oh, it'd be therapeutic for me to hear him talk about his shit again," you know. And and, soon, and Furby says that this is not your therapy. Yeah. this is your therapy, which is actually like a really important point. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it hits her right away that she's like, "Oh, right, this guy is a scumbag who's right. very difficult to work with and scary. Actually, like really fucking scary. Super scary. Yeah, like I, I'm pretty sure he openly talks about Furio putting a bullet in the dude's kneecap, right? I yeah, think he, he says said, to he her. Said, he says. When you called me, I was waiting outside of somewhere or whatever. He says, he says where a guy, the guy that works for me was beating the crap out of a guy right. who owes me money. Right. Put a bullet in his kneecap. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I mean, dude, like, you want to talk about bad injuries to have. A uh, bullet in the kneecap. I don't know how you come back from that. Oh, shit. I mean, his, uh, his field goal kicking days are over. That's it, yeah. That's and, for sure. He has so much promise, too. He was actually <laughs> he really in a did. field goal kicking class for uh, for writers <laughs> and, <laughs> and showed the, a lot of promise. Was he the garbage kicking, field goal kicking, yeah. <laughs> massage parlor phenomenon? Yes. <laughs> that is him. Um but yeah, I mean, she she misses that thrill because, you know, for all of us, like the regularness of life certainly gets boring after a while. And, and you know, yeah, and also, also talking to Furby for all that. Much. I always do drugs. Yeah, exactly. I can't believe how much ecstasy we did for this podcast. And I still only <laughs> oh. feel normal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just to smooth it out. You yeah, know, exactly. A blue moon to smooth it, it out. Spike up a little bit. Uh, yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, the regularness of life is a th- that's a direct quote from Chrissy. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's something, you know, something everybody feels like even Tony, you know, this talking to Hesh, like, you know, things should be good. He's like on, on the outside, everything's good. But like, so why do I still feel like kind of empty? And, and he kind of goes throughout through this episode, sort of like almost looking for reasons to be mad, looking for reasons to get some kind of thrill a little oh, bit, you know, he's out like about yeah. the low main. No, but yeah. And uh, the guy who calls for for Parvati on the, in the phone at the beginning when he's smashing the phone, the dude on the boat who sort of hits on arena a little bit, that you know, might be one of my favorite Soprano scenes. Oh, it's amazing. Certainly one of my favorite Tony antagonistic lines where he goes, you got a, you got a, <laughs> you got a problem other than those fucking pants. <laughs> <laughs> the, my testicles subtitle is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. That's an excellent freeze frame. Yeah, it's amazing. It's a really good one. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's doing the same thing. It's like, he's just bored basically. Like we're all bored and you know, and yeah, some people look for, uh, weird outlets and when you're in that kind of world where it's just like immediate gratification like beat someone if you want to beat someone fuck someone if you want to fuck someone it's kind of uh yeah without it it's like oh boy well i get back on that ride i think that also like it's kind of startling because i mean going back and watching everything it's amazing to me how early they they did this whether it was intentional or not but that scene where he beats the shit out of that dude uh, on the boat and then he tells arena that they're leaving and then he he puts like the baseball cap on and the glasses Mm. he just looks like it's it's when taken out of context of like all the mafioso shit yeah and like all of the plot lines that we're dealing with and stuff and the perceived you know me versus them stuff yeah yeah he just he just looks like such a fucking asshole oh big time i mean like more than ever before he just looks like a scary troubled dude who just like needs a fight yeah you know yeah if you saw like a like a kind of overweight like hothead on his on the dock (laughs) Like, you know, like a really big dude. Yeah, just like, you know, yelling at, yelling at people and screaming at people. Like, you'd be like, what a fucking asshole it's that like, guy move is. Move your ass. Yeah. Move but, your ass. But for some reason, we really like him, I guess. Probably because, you know, 
Because he doesn't do that that often. Yeah, he doesn't do it to us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, if you, if you if you saw him, it would just be like, yeah, fuck that I'd guy. St- I'd cross the street for yeah, sure. For I mean, sure. And that's the thing. I think that that's also another function that this uh, episode has is that we're sort of given this peek at him yeah. out of context somehow. I mean, am I yeah. the only one that feels that way? Where no, I guess so, just yeah. Just because it's like totally mindless and ridiculous. Yeah, well, and they also kind of focus, that they're, they're, they show that there, there are other people on the dock and like they're reacting, how they react to it. And it's like, oh, right, yeah, that's what would a normal people, a normal people would react like that. <laughs> yeah, even Russian dudes with boats and yeah. pants. But, you know, uh, by the way, I also love Arena's wearing the floaties when he comes back into the into the boat and oh, just thank, casually thank putting makeup God on. For Irina. I mean, this yeah. is like her. The like we don't see much of her these days. No, not really. Yeah, but she, uh, you know, even she's kind of afraid of Tony a little bit. Like she, when he first starts antagonizing the the guy back, she's kind of not. She's like, uh, no, don't do that. But then, you know, like Melfi in some weird way, like feels safe. Probably like, oh, I have this like big scary dude, but he's like on my side. Yeah. Like it's just thrilling enough, but like not too scary. He's never really hit her. He says he does in the future, but I don't believe that Tony actually ever beat Arena. He tells Gloria that in season three. But oh, he says we'll, that he beat the piss out of her. Yeah, we'll get there. I don't think that ever happens. Um, oh, maybe I don't know. You calling him a liar? Yeah, I think, yeah <laughs> among other things. Um, but uh, yeah, the floaties are a real nice touch, though. I would, I yeah. really wish Tony was wearing them in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they have them big enough. They'd be totally deflated. Or if he was wearing like a, a duck, like a duck thing around his waist, like a duck floaty, and just like walked over to that guy and beat him, it would be what? amazing. Why was she wearing water wings? That's my question. Because like she's just feeding the duck. First of all, Tony. Oh, I think that the ducks. First of all, must have triggered Tony. Oh to yeah, flip out. Yeah, yeah, like we left that out a little bit. But he sees those ducks, and I think that he like totally loses his mind, partially because. Those ducks are there. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, he... Yeah. So that's an interesting thing. Yeah, for me. he's he's mad that she's feeding the ducks the wrong thing. Like, you know, yeah. talking about, like, roles that people are supposed to fill. Like, he believes... No, ducks eat this one thing. Don't tell me they eat something differently, you know? Right, like, exactly. And know. I think that that's totally insane. Yeah. And I like that he's an expert, and but openly admits they were only in his pool for, like, a couple months. <laughs> like, it's not like they, like... Came every year for the past 15 years. He's like, I had ducks in my pool for like two months one time. <laughs> like two Mallards. months one time. Yeah, he, but he doesn't say it like that. He says, I had a family of mallards in my pool for yeah. two fucking months. Yeah. He thinks that it, I mean, because that's like one of the most important things in his life. He's like, yeah. he's based a lot around those ducks. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Put a lot of work into these ducks. He really has, though. That's true. That's very true. Where do you think the ramp, what happened at the duck ramp? Since we're so obsessed about that. <laughs> Is it on Beansy's house now? I, oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, and one last thing. Um, speaking of people being afraid of Tony, AJ as well sees him flip out, break the phones. You know, that's scared. an important thing. AJ doesn't say anything after Tony rips the phone out of the wall. He the, goes up and he says, you know, like he got a job for product testing. Yeah. For Radio Shack. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's just trying to be like the cool, laid back, you know, the happy wanderer. No, not the happy wanderer, but like, you know, he's trying to be the cool, but cool, laid back, like funny guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and AJ just says nothing. Yeah. Which I, and, and he just walks away. Yeah. I mean, because the thing is, like, as much as Melfi can, like, seek that that thrill out from Tony, she can always, like, close the door on him. Like, AJ's situation is, it's complicated between AJ and Tony. I think it's AJ much scarier for AJ. I don't think yeah. he gets a thrill from it yet. Well, we, we I mean, I think what, what that's also setting up is, again, this whole idea of, like, growing up, you can still go back to that feeling, like... There's a pretty good chance when AJ is Tony's age, he's still going to have these anxieties because he saw Tony act like that so right, much. Right, right, totally. You know, and he'll slip back into that um, that role and that feeling. And Yeah, and AJ is know. not the type of dude who's going to, like, rip the phone out of a wall. Probably not. I mean, who knows, though? Let's see how much he's, weight he gains. He's too stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, probably. Probably Played by the amazing Robert Eiler. Who's <laughs> <laughs> very smart, but played a very stupid character. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how we like to put it, at least. Because there's no guy? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robert, please come on the show. We'll have you on. Um, so I guess uh, let's talk a little bit about Polly. He's got... Or we'll, we'll talk a little about Furio, since we're already talking about the beating. So let's set this up. Yeah. Furio is in town. Pussy's pissed. Because he didn't know. Polly's Polly gets a bump. So now it's Tony, Polly, and Sill. Right. Yeah. And then Furio and Pussy yeah. on the same level. So Pussy's left out of the loop. He's pissed until he gets to the party. And then at the party, 
Tony gets this idea to send yeah. him because you know Chrissy says like the guy only had half, and Tony says I want you to send him a fucking past due notice. Like, what do you think I want want you to do? Yeah, and he's like, and so he decides that you know he's gonna he's gonna send Chrissy on. Or, sorry, so he decides that he's not gonna send Chrissy on this. He's gonna use this to like you know be the maiden voyage with this new guy. Yeah, bring Fury into the fold, and, and he actually goes with him. Yeah, weird, right? Well, because yeah. I think, you know, again, he's bored and, like, wants something to do. And, like, he's the boss now, so he really, all he has to do is, like, sit there and just let the money come in. But it's just kind of, like, not, you know, he's, he's a shark, you know? Yeah, and we're going to deal with this for years to come. Yeah. Like, for for uh, season. I almost said semesters. We're going <laughs> to deal with this for seasons to come. But we you are going to talk about this next semester in our class on yeah, this run. <laughs> exactly. Where, like, you know, he's going to get a rash and he's going to, like, bang people. And he's yeah. just going to get bored and, like, stir up shit or, like, have a lot of trouble right yeah because like he can't just like let it happen right you yeah know? and i think it's i think it's interesting that melfi calls right then while the guys while he can hear furiel like fucking these people up and in that moment he's like no i don't need therapy he doesn't need it because <laughs> like he's getting it right now you Getting by without it yeah <laughs> he's, he's getting it right now by the the, thr- the thrill and the pleasure of just hearing someone get beat to shit basically that's basically you know? the case i mean yeah. it's really kind of whoa yeah <laughs> It's what they're all, yeah. It's what he's looking for. It's what they're all kind of looking for, and uh, and that scene is just absolutely brutal and really well shot. It's really cool, yeah, but totally. really brutal. Um, yeah, it is really unbelievable. Yeah, Furio certainly uh, makes a mark in his first appearance. I'll say that. Yeah, he really does, and that's um, all I'll say. Yeah. You can okay. say more though if you want. Well, he goes in there and he like it was funny because I was watching the the episode like kind of reviewing for this. Yeah. And uh, like right when Furio goes in there, like like my girlfriend walked into the room. And <laughs> she was just like, "What the fuck?" And I was sitting there laughing because like that scene is just so unbelievable. And he's like yeah. punching women and yeah, they're like, like John, right. yeah, and they're, like John's coming out. He breaks the thing with a baseball bat and he's just like, and it's like. It's almost like Scorsese-esque, like yeah, yeah. how brutal that scene is. Yeah. And then he like, he fucking puts the bullet in the dude's kneecap. Yep. And then he punches the woman in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and all the shit he's saying, like, don't worry, don't worry. And then he punches her in the face. And then he says, like, you fucking, like, you hua. Yeah. If, like, you're lucky I don't kill you or something like that. He's, he's like, no joke, dude. Yeah. Covered in blood. <laughs> Just like, yeah. Holy crap, man. Absolutely wild. I, and yeah, and then I guess we never hear about them again. I don't think so. I'm, I'm no, assuming from that point but, but he, on, they get the money. He takes all the money, and like, so I guess we just assume that it, like it ain't no thing. Yeah, you know? they fell into place. But I, I do like that every now and then we get a little peek into like the day to day of the of the mafia. Yeah, e- even though like we're following Tony mostly, and like Chrissy becomes a captain eventually. You know, like we still every now and then the show does check in with what's going in on going on on the ground. Right. You know, like yeah. whether it's uh, Jamba Juice, or or whether, or whether it's these guys, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what juice? Uh, um. Every fucking coffee bean is in the computer. You know, um, it's overfed a little guy. Well, speaking of uh, of of people kind of you know day to day mafia business, uh, Polly getting bumped up is is uh kind of interesting for Pussy at least. I feel like that's Pussy knows now that Tony basically knows that there's something wrong. Otherwise, why wouldn't Pussy get that? You know, it's Tony's best friend for years, you know. Also, Puss wasn't told that Furio was coming over. Yeah, does he He meets him for the first time at the party or right, at exactly. Vesuvio? Exactly. Nu- Nuevo Vesuvio. <laughs> Nuevo Vesuvio. No, it's at uh, Tony's house. It's at Tony's house, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He meets him there, and, and Furio is like, it's so funny because he's so, like, jovial and 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 you know jubilant and yeah and he's having all these fun with the kids he's like playing peekaboo and his fucking crazy ass versace shirt or whatever he's wearing <laughs> and then he goes and puts a bullet in the dude's kneecap yeah it's amazing yeah i mean this the furio that they set up in these early episodes is a lot different than the where furio ends up eventually i guess i mean maybe I, it's been a lot a while since i've watched some of those uh like season four when he's in love with carmela stuff but well, um he is still really scary like when he goes and visits that's Matthew true. and uh yeah 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 J- uh Sean yeah Sean and Matthew right we haven't checked in with them in a little while actually I kind no. of I haven't I didn't think about them they're lurking in the shadows but yeah. they're, they're gonna be trying to move on up pretty soon pretty I soon. think yeah um um but yeah so the Polly gets bumped up and and I th- I'm pretty sure spoilers this is the uh that in Tony's dream in the season finale like pussy as the fish even mentions this specifically he's like you knew when you passed me over for the job um and so yeah it is kind of like 
Well, yeah, because well, actually, because in this episode, what what happens is, you know, he gets passed over. They, we leave the party, and two things happen. We go to the massage jerk-off parlor, yeah, and he puts a bullet in this dude's kneecap and punches a woman, yeah, and then and takes all the money, and then uh, we see Pussy meeting with Skip, and he yeah. and Skip are like sort of commiserating, yeah, over the fact that like they got passed over for certain promotions, right, and. I think that, I mean I I assume that Skip is doing a good job of making Puss feel like he has a friend. I, mm-hmm. I assume that Skip doesn't feel like he has any sort of actual camaraderie. I guess you're right. With Pussy, yeah, right. No, probably not. You're, you're you're right. Yeah, I guess I was just thinking that they were just trying to kind of like mimic the Tony Hesh scene where like two people are having just talking past each other kind of thing. Where like Pussy's complaining about one thing, he's like barely listening, complaining about something else. But you're right. I guess it would be. I guess so. Because this is really. I mean, I guess this is the moment where like not only does Tony like officially know like on some level, I think that like there's something up with Pussy, but Pussy also knows that. I I think this is the moment the pussy stops thinking about like I'm just gonna feed them like picayune shit like this he's mad enough to be like you know what fuck this like yeah he just promoted a dude and so and we also know now for certain that he said okay I'm back visiting Tony and he's like ready to like pick up with the FBI yeah because wasn't he like sort of lying to them and being like no I haven't gone to visit Tony yet he was saying no he said he's saying he was he was talking about Tony and Junior uh, how they hadn't seen each other yet and but, ah, right, but right, yeah right, but right. still he was I mean you know last episode we see him kill. Uh, kill the Elvis guy, uh, Jimmy Bones or Joey Bones, I forget now. Right, right, right. Um, to protect himself, like, in the mafia life, but I think now, I think now, after this has happened, it's just kind of like, no, I'm, he's choosing sides now, and it's, he's leaning towards the FBI, at least for, at this moment, you know? Yeah, I think exactly. He still wavers a little bit here and there, but... Completely. Um, but yeah, he, uh, uh, Tony... I feel like Tony's known all season. He's probably known since last season that, like, as much as he wanted to deny that it wasn't true, he knows there's something going wrong with uh, with his relationship with Pussy. But also, Puss at this point is like, yeah, this is it. Like, maybe Puss knows more than Tony at this point, uh, like consciously. Maybe because, like, like, in in the dream, you know, the fish says, "You knew." Yeah, and Tony's like, he, he just then starting to admit that he like, he's like, "Oh yeah, you're right." Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, um, I'm sure he's thinking it a little bit to some extent. Yeah. But hey, good to see Polly get a promotion. <laughs> yeah, good for him, you know. Yeah. His mother's getting older, yeah. you know. I'm trying to figure out like what he actually is now, but I guess he's like a capo or something. I mean, I thought he always was, but I don't know. Um, is he running a crew though? I, I'm sure he's running a crew, well, right? Like Polly's in charge of some more people now. I think for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't I'm just know what thinking because at, 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 at the end of the series, basically, he's trying. Tony's trying to give Polly. The crew. Yeah, that... but he won't take it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't so know. does he not have a crew? I think Polly's like kind of supposed to be an underboss of some kinds. Like sort of like third in line to take over if like there was some kind of like crazy, you know, coup d'etat or something like or like someone yeah. like killed Tony Ansel. Like Polly might take over, but I'm not totally sure. And certainly he has earners. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's He's, he's doing okay. <laughs> he's really he's he, Polly has always been like a really good role player. He's like the Derek Fisher yeah. of the Soprano family. <laughs> Great uh, sixth man, I guess. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, um, uh, no, 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 that would be more of a James Harden. Uh, yeah, Derek or, Fisher or, uh, was a starter. Come on, yeah, right, right. But uh, but yeah, I mean, Polly is a really good role player in that he's the only one who never like goes, oh, well, I could be boss one day. Huh. Yeah, and then like kind of gets a boner over that. Like almost everyone else at some point has that kind of moment where they go god forbid anything happen you know right, like yeah. still winds up having it even though he realizes that he's not really into it yeah and then um also uh you know like ralphie ends up having having it and like you know junior has it for sure you yeah know? yeah um, even though if junior was more of a poly he'd probably do a lot better you mm-hmm. know and survive a lot longer oh for sure i think that this is a testament like because you know poly's going up but he's you know, he. I guess he's at the same level as Consigliere because isn't isn't still the Consigliere? Yeah, yeah. But I think still has still has seniority to some extent, though. Yeah, we'll have to look it up. I, I'm pretty sure Polly was an underboss. Yeah. I think. Okay. Yeah. Fair something enough. like that. Um. Anyway, um, I think I mean that touches on pretty much everything. The one uh, Artie has a couple little scenes in here which are really funny. Always love seeing him checking in with him and uh him and Charmaine. <laughs> yeah. And he's like when she's complaining that it's like the third time Tony and his friends have been there that week. He's like you can't turn down a four top. Well, <laughs> this is just a great. Line. I know it's a really good line, and this is this is another 
person who's like, yeah, I kind of like him, you know? Yeah. Like, say, like, it's almost the same as with Melfi, you know what right, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, so Charmaine and, and, and Furby are like on the same page about it. They're like, just stay away. Yeah, you know? true. But, but Melfi and Artie like can't really help themselves. You know, I think Artie likes being that dude, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like, you know, you never hear Artie reference the Godfather or like, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, you know, the shot, the, the scene where he, he kills, uh, you know, the, the police captain and the other mafioso guy mm-hmm. in the, uh, in the restaurant, but I don't think it's like to that extent, but I think that Tony has this like frenetic energy or something, or it's, you know, something yeah. that's kind of freaky about him. Yeah. Well, Antonia in this episode, like holds it over his head. He's like from third grade on anything you needed, I got you. And it's mm-hmm. like, he uses that against this is like, Artie's like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. Right. It's totally true though. It probably is. Yeah. Um, uh, that's Art, he's always funny. I love the little Arthur on his uh his apron that he wears there, and uh, I want one of those. Yeah, I like uh, and also too like he. I think he's the second person this season to reference broadening your horizons. I think someone said it in the last episode actually. Really? Um, yeah, he's he's bringing out the meal, and they're all kind of like, "What is this? This is new. Like, this oh, is yeah, what I'm he, used he to." Made, like pigeon or something. Yeah, uh, and he's like, "I'm trying to broaden my horizons," and they're all just kind of like, "Just stick to you know to pasta, basically." Yeah, you know, you, which like, is such know your a place. yeah, it's such a Sopranos thing. It's like anything new. They're just like, no, that's weird. I don't want to try that. This like, isn't like the good old days that yeah, we missed. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so just something to pay attention to. That seems to be a little mini theme that's now going through these episodes because they definitely someone said it. I want to say it was last episode, but it might have been the episode before. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and yeah, I guess we'll have to do the podcast again, starting <laughs> from episode one. Well, guys, starting over. Yeah. Pilot Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so I guess. Um, well, but the other thing is with these themes is, you know, every now and then I feel like we get an episode that's like a reminder of these things. Yeah, and then there's yeah, all yeah. this action. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's about to pick up and get right. going for this season. Um, you know, not like you said, not a whole lot of plot in this episode, but no. a lot of sort of like here's where these people are at, and um, it's sort of like they're they're being poised for they're poising themselves. Yeah. Is that how you say that? Yes. They're, they're, they're poising. <laughs> sure. They're poising for action. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you get that one scene of uh, Richie and his boxers there and uh, a lot of tension. We know something's going to happen with that. And, uh, oh, yeah, we didn't even mention that, but that really needs no interpretation. No, like, no. It, it's just like the soda bottle is being shaken up <laughs> yep, and exactly. we're, we're waiting. And that's actually one of my favorite subplots there. Yeah. Is that like, you know, it's one of those things that's generally adding to his stress. I will point out one of my favorite Tony Soprano one-liners where he says, Faces of death. What the sound of music was already rented. <laughs> um, yeah. So with oh, that, Janice. With, with that, I think that wraps it up. Uh, I'd like to say A to all of B. our listeners. I would like to say B. B. A. A. B. A. B. Come on. <laughs> Um, all right, we will be back next week to talk about oh, another going, show baby. entirely. We're not, we're not taking any vacations. No more vacations. We promise. Um, oh, you know what? We also fucked up with the Richie thing. Richie does have a son. We, that was a test. We, we wanted know. to see if you guys would pick up on that. Well, I'm really glad you guys passed the test. We will continue doing the podcast. Yes, and we won't kill ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> all right well happy new year you weirdo fucks uh follow us on twitter at no fucking ZD. subscribe on itunes talk to us on reddit and uh we'll be back next week um keep wa- watch the show a million times this week that's the assignment and go fuck yourself and go fuck yourselves bye